When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello and welcome to podcast 134. I'm Dan Moylan. I have with me Michael Normanton. Hello. Moscow White's here as well. Daniel Chapman. Hello. We've got a summer special in the pipeline, which we mentioned last time. We said last time it would be along soon. Soon is still true. I think that's fair. That's all right. Soon remains the case. Soon is always the future. We're determining postage prices and then we will be able to. (laughs) And it's a complicated process. You've got to weigh it. You've got to talk to the Queen. She's in charge of uh, the Royal Mail. What I can tell you is that since last time, we do you want to reveal our star interviewee? Why not? Let's add something. Let's at least something to this shit show. <laughs> For your money, however much and whatever the postage costs, you will get bordering on 200 page magazine with Andrew Hughes being spoken to by me and I'm having his photo taken by Lee Brown. I saw him tweet that he'd had a nice afternoon with you or something. It was a nice morning, yeah. I was... can only imagine you must have stolen his phone from him or something. I was leaning over it, basically, using his finger to tap that out um, before we left. But uh, obviously, I don't think it'll be a surprise to anybody. Andrew Hughes is an absolutely wonderful, warm, kind, generous human being who loves Leeds. He was delighted to find out that he's got a bit of this podcast named after him, the Hero Award, wasn't he? Yes, I told him at the end, after we'd uh, finished the interview fished out a couple of copies of the Square Ball magazine and showed him that we have the Ken Bates Film of the Month for people who make Leeds United miserable. And when we wanted to have a more positive angle, we thought, well, who makes Leeds United fans happy? Andrew Hughes, Hero of the Month. And he said, he laughed and he, I think he was a a little bit shy about his reaction, but he said that it tickled him. And is he an Andrew or an Andy? Which does he prefer? I'm not sure, actually. I should have asked. I, I think he's an Andrew. Well, he's a Premier League coach now. That's the thing. And that's kind of the theme of the interview is that, um, in the 10 year, nearly 10 years since he was screaming shirtless, being carried around Elland Road on the back of celebrating fans, he's all grown up. He's coached in an FA Cup final with Crystal Palace. He won promotion with, I can't remember who, kept them in the Premier League. And uh, and when they they let his boss and all the coaching staff go, they were still in the Premier League. So he's like, I'm a Premier League coach and he's, he's ready to work. Excellent. Well, we look forward to all that. That'll be in the summer special, which will be along soon. Very soon. Soon. Uh, details of that, and it will be on sale as well at the squareball.net. Well, we opened on Qatar last time because that was the big news. It's all gone kind of a bit quiet, hasn't it? Why aren't we rich yet? Most significant thing was in reaction to you talking about it last time, Moscow, somebody on Wacko effectively called you a massive commie. Massive communist with your, your left-wing views. You, if you don't want people dying on building sites. You humanitarian scumbag. Yeah, I don't really mind being told off for caring. That's all right. But I hope we came across enough last time that there wasn't any 
condemnation or intent intent to condemn anybody who thinks this is a good, a good idea. It was just saying there's other sides to it. Think about it all and make your own minds up. And you don't have to listen to my uh, strident uh, left-wing yogurt-knitting views. <laughs> all right then, Castro, steady on. Me and Salim Lamrani, you know, we've got, if you want to be on his side, you got to come over to me. Well, we'll revisit that as and when something unfolds with that. I did hear a brilliant bit of speculation. This is classic takeover material because it had just been Ramadan and Eid, which is effectively Christmas and New Year in the Muslim world, that things have gone quiet. You don't do business across Ramadan and Eid. So that's why it all kind of gone quiet. Optimistic. Some of the hoops people were jumping through to convince me it's happened last week. And there's a lot of people saying online that there's so much talk about this, so much press coverage, something must be happening. And this week it seems to have changed too, because uh, everything's gone quiet. Something must be happening. It's too quiet. It wouldn't be this quiet if something wasn't happening. So something must be happening because either it's loud or it's not. Both things mean the same. The chat this week then has been mainly about transfers. And are you encouraged by the directions that we seem to be heading in at least with targets? Well, we had this last year, didn't we? When there were some quite good targets at the start of summer. And then we got some Chelsea leftovers. So we'll see. The Helder Costa one seems the one that seems almost too good to be true because he... Wolves paid a lot of money for him. He was player of the year in the championship for them. He was a big part of their promotion. He played a load of games last year in the Premier League for them. So you almost think, why would they, because the talk is of a loan, you think, well, why would they let him go out on loan and not just try and sell him for like 20 million quid? Being described as an ambitious approach. And some coverage says it will be it will be helped by the good relationship that Andrea Ratrizzani has with George Mendes, who finds all these players for Wolves who... At the end of last season, Radutzani was basically accusing him and Wolves of, of cheating the system and saying that the, the whole thing was totally unfair. Perhaps they've smoothed that all now, out now. It's, well, they do say if you can't beat them, join them. Steal their players. We've all, them. we've all made the odd ambitious approach in our time and we know how it generally ends. Is this the sauntering up to a girl in a nightclub that's <laughs> way, way above your standard? And Yeah, yeah and then yeah, you saunter back. You, yeah. you go home and cry on your mm. own. Try to buy her a drink and it's going to cost £13 million. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Pot of cider? No? Okay, I'll, I'll sit down. There were a couple of tweets that I saw that it, Wolves fans saying it might be a decent move for him, actually, because I don't know whether he'd, he'd been injured or he'd gone off the boil or whatever, but um, a move that would suit both parties kind of vibe about it. I mean, would you like to have Helder Costa playing for Leeds United? Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> if he wants to come, I'm playing it cool now. See if that approach works. <laughs> come if you want. It's up to you, mate. So we can sort something out. Jack Harrison might be a bit upset, but, you know, fuck him. We are probably getting Jack Harrison back, by the way. is what That's the other main bit of news. Of, of, of the rumoured things that are going to happen, that's the one that will happen, and it's mm. the one that will underwhelm people the most. I don't think it's a bad move. He was all right he last was season. All right. And assuming players get better the longer they are at one club, you've seen that with Kemar Roof, and you've seen it with Liam Cooper. Jack Harrison could, could be the same. As we said last week, it absolutely supports the idea that players will know the system and can slot straight back in. I mean, he pissed me off with his decision-making quite frequently, that excitability and inability to pick the right pass or ball. But we did see glimpses, didn't we, such as that that ball at Derby? That was, was a nice one. I was say, the pass to Kemar Roof was just... Mm, he could do that all season for me. If, but he, the, if he wants to, then by all means, he should go ahead and do that. Well, the word is we're, we're aiming to get three wingers on loan which we're making an ambitious approach for one and then Harrison's another and then get another one. And why stop at three? Get four, get five. Just get loads of wingers. That'll be exciting. 
Just have nobody through the middle of the pitch. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you've got loads of wingers. <laughs> so four wingers, two overlapping fullbacks. He's a, a maverick. Of, uh, a lot of Bielsa's tactical plans are based on overloads out wide, and you can't be much more overloaded if you've got <laughs> loads of wingers. And if you put Stuart Dallas at right back and Alioski at left back, just to bump up the winger quote, it's all good. And maybe go for the overlapping centre halves, like Sheffield. It worked for Sheffield United. They've gone up, we didn't. Liam Cooper. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Keeping away from the goalkeeper might help. That's true. Maybe an overlapping goalkeeper would be uh, the way forward for us. Kiko did try and do that without telling anyone else, unfortunately. Overlapping coops. Mm. Yeah, so Harold Wilson, the former um, Prime Minister and uh, Uddersfield Town fan, seems, uh, I think we're going for experience there, maybe <laughs> taking over from Pablo Hernandez. Another another communist, though, you'd probably like him. <laughs> and, uh, and Ryan Kent. Somebody do a joke about Ryan Kent. There's got to be one. The thing is with this, right, I don't know anything about football, as we've kind of established. Uh, well, whatever, and I'm not really interested in football that's not Leeds United anymore, and at, at all. So I don't know much about any of these players. I assume Helder Costa's good because people have said so. Mm. Ryan Kent, get a decent write-up. So that's that's the extent of my knowledge. Kent and Wilson gave uh, some clickbait websites the opportunity to write that uh, Leeds are being are involved or aiming for a £35 million double swoop on Liverpool targets. Basically, because I think that's what Transfer Markt says they're both worth and because we're trying to loan them, it's a £35 million value swoop. I mean, that that's going to get you going. Doesn't matter who they are at that price. That's a bit like, you know, those um, gift experiences you get for, for your birthday or whatever, mm. where you can go drive a Ferrari. It's like somebody claiming that that's like a £5 million birthday present, <laughs> isn't it? You get to drive in a Ferrari for half an hour. Well, Ryan Kent has been learning from Stephen Gerrard at Glasgow Rangers. Also, because uh, Gary McAllister is Gerrard's assistant coach, she would hope, um, especially given McAllister's links to Liverpool as well, he might get on the phone and just say, just go to Leeds, mate. That, you Don't know, like, you know, here again. You know go to Leeds. growing up, mm. um, were you always kind of terrified, had an unnatural level of scare, like fear of quicksand? Um. Possibly. There was a bit, which film was it where the horse went in the quicksand? That was, was it Never Ending Story or yeah. something? That was a bit horrifying. Through that swamp and the forest. Yeah, I was mm. just going to say, my fear of Gary McAllister going to Rangers was always similar growing up. It was like my, my deep-seated fear that he'd leave us and go to Rangers, but he ended up there eventually. Sorry, I just took a little bit of a tangent then. <laughs> From the, the transfer links in 1992, the three million moves, finally your nightmare became real when he was assistant <laughs> long, manager. Long since retired. Was it you that punched him in uh, Leeds City Centre the other the other month? Absolutely you not. Know, Don Matteo will be out there. I'm glad you asked that, but I have no comment to make. We know a bit about Harry Wilson, though. He was in Frank Lampard's Derby County last year. Yeah, and we lost to them in the playoff semi-final. Don't know if you heard. Yeah. And he looked all right. He did, and he was doing the old, he was on, I think it was either one that was on Keo's back doing the binoculars thing, which is mm. a bit of a shame. Sense of humour then. GSOH, mm. as they put on the dating profiles. Good sense of humour. I feel like following Izzy Brown, who we had previous uh, beef with, this feels like a nice a nice repetition of that, that we just, we'll just loan someone we hate every single season. Does that mean we've got to break his legs before we can sign him? Possibly. Well, yeah, we'll wait until he's, uh, he's, he's done, him, done his cruciate in pre-season, then sign him anyway. And certainly Izzy Brown's reputation completely turned around with Leeds fans after his, uh, his year at the club. Our best mate now. We'll always remember the, that free kick in the playoffs. You could have been the hero. You could have been the hero. Admittedly, you wouldn't have played at Wembley because Bielsa would drop you like a stone, whatever you did, but you could have been the hero. And who's this Ben White chap, Brighton? Uh, him, I've literally no idea. Um, I think he's just Matthew Pennington in disguise, by the sound of it. It sound, looks like from the reading the reports, he was offered to Bielsa last year when Bielsa was stubbornly refusing to sign any centre-halves and it sounds like he's kind of relented now. But he went to uh, Peterborough 
on loan instead. And I think he's been to Newport on loan as well. Obviously, we don't have great, great memories of. 21-year-old centre-back, the idea is he'll create competition with Cooper and Janssen. But I don't know, is uh, is Arpo Halme not competition enough? Mm. Is Pascal Stroik, who took over from Halme, is the bench the bench centre-half last the end of last season? But it depends if you want to play into this idea of um, just having loads of young people on the bench all the time or whether we want to. He's so- 21. He's younger than uh, Halme, I think, or about the same age. I'm not interested in your facts. <laughs> not coming here with your facts. I don't even know how old Halme is. I might be completely wrong. <laughs> he might be a boy of 15. I mean, <laughs> accu- accuracy's never been a real issue for this There's podcast, has Wikipedia. it? Wikipedia. Hold on. Harpo <laughs> Halme age. I'm going to look this up now. See, when we haven't got any games to talk about. You get to listen to us playing on Wikipedia. This is great. He is. I played for Newport in the Samu Say spit game. Harpo Helm? No, this Brighton kid. Oh, well, more interesting than that is uh, that Arpo's middle name is Ilmari. And he's 21, yeah, so he's the same age. And he's considerably taller. Speaking on the subject of uh, what clickbait websites... How tall's Ben White? <sighs> well, I'll find that out what I said about it. Um, related to our £35 million swoop, Halme was being referred to last week as a six-foot-five-inch colossus. And then in almost the same afternoon, the same websites were calling Bailey Peacock Farrell a six foot four inch colossus. He's not six foot four, is he? Well, I don't know, but he's a colossus. That's that's all you need to know. Uh, ben White, according to Wikipedia, is five foot 11 and a half inches. So I can only assume that his mum is editing his Wikipedia page and saying, no, he is half an inch taller than other five foot 11 players. Yeah, I'm about five foot 11 and a half when measured. And I always just round it up. Sounds better to be six foot, doesn't it? I'm not rounding to six foot. That would be dishonest. <laughs> That'd be trade descriptions at a level of dishonesty, that wouldn't it? Do you want all these wingers? Do they sound good to you? We, I did want some wingers last year, yeah. As so, long as they're fast. And, if, and like Wilson got a load of goals last year as well. Would have probably gone up if we had a winger who scored 15 goals. I think goals are probably a good idea. Mm. We should do some goals next year. Just buy people who've got goals. That's what I'd do. And maybe, just maybe, if we are chasing three wingers... Bearing in mind we've got Pablo, we've got Gianni Elioski will play over wherever the hell he wants to play. That's quite a lot of width, isn't it? Stuart Dallas there as well. Do you think we'll widen the pitch? Take it to the advertising hoardings on either side, maybe a little bit over, pull the first rows back, create some more room. Don't know what the regulations are, but Bielsa, Bielsa didn't respect yeah. uh, the... Plays, uh, he plays fast and loose with the regs, doesn't yeah, he? Maybe turn the pitch sideways, put the goals in front of the east and west stands. I think it is technically possible to have a square pitch, you know. In the regs, 100 yards by 100 yards. Yeah, so that's right, maybe yeah. we could have a square pitch. <laughs> Groundbreaking Bielsa square pitch. Can you see we've not got much to talk about? <laughs> uh, Bailey Peacock Farrell. There's something to talk about. Yeah, I mean, you could make a video compilation of him as well, couldn't you? Because he's just out of his interviews. Never yeah. mind his goalkeeping. I mean, interesting to read what he said about maybe leaving if he doesn't get the number one shirt. Do you think he's, he's got a fair point there? Because you saw that no. free, free kick for Northern Ireland that he conceded round the wall at his near post. Yeah, let's go with uh, one of his more... Have you added that onto the um, the file, <laughs> the, the showreel? I don't know if he's done one like really long interview or if he's done lots of short interviews, but there seem to be more and more quotes coming out of him every day over the weekend. My favourite is, every single game is a shot window. I might get tested more, but you see what it did for Michael McGovern. He's, he's Northern Irish, yeah, by the way. I was going to say, that's, he's from Belfast, isn't he's he? He's from Darlington. He got his move to Norwich off back of an unbelievable game against Germany in Euro 2016. A great tournament, in fact. Those I was really hoping it was going to sound like Jerry Adams then. Those are the situ- well, that would just be 
it's, voiced by an actor. It's um, <laughs> insightful, I was going to say. Those those are the situations that can help you. So it's all about every single game is a shot window. And then, uh, yeah, so he has that game against Northern Ireland, against... Estonia, wasn't it? Michael McGovern got his move after a great, an unbelievable game against Germany. And Bailey Peacock Farrell had probably an unbelievable game against Estonia in that I can't believe he set up his wall that badly and then... <laughs> got down that slowly to the inevitable shot that killed around the end of it because he set it up that badly because he because he's maybe not quite as good as he thinks go last laughter laughed was it that more to the left he'd get decked if he started doing that I mean it's quite nice in a it's refreshing in a way to have a young player wanting to play compared to like the Lewis Baker types that Chelsea are happy to just never have a move and just be a footballer somewhere but it's got to be said if Kiko hadn't had a disastrous end to the season we wouldn't even be considering him as a number one, I don't think. If Jamal Blackman hadn't broken his leg, probably wouldn't, wouldn't even be contesting him against Kiko Casilla. Mm. I think it's something about the delivery of all this just doesn't sit right with me as well, where it's like, it's, yeah, fair enough, you you want to play, and that is that is more positive than the Lewis Baker types. But if I stay at Leeds, I'll be staying at Leeds to if play. If I stay at Leeds, I'll be staying to play. Never, never, <laughs> never. Well, i be on the bench. <laughs> Sorry to all our uh, <laughs> listeners uh, in the six counties, sir. The uh, the two scenarios would probably be: I'm staying at Leeds and I'm playing, or I'll have to be elsewhere. I think. Can, um, I, can I just check it? Is six? Is it six counties? There are six counties. You are correct. Antrim, Armagh, Down, Fermanagh, Londonderry, and Tyrone. The next question is: Which one's your favourite? Which one is Bailey Peacock Farrell from? <laughs> um, he's from Darlington. I keep saying this. He's giving out that he's a top international goalkeeper now. I was. Uh, I mean, this isn't He's not in, playing for England, is he? This isn't going to be vaguely controversial after we just dipped our toes into Northern Irish politics. However, I want to play devil's advocate here and ask you: Would you be prepared if we could get, let's say, a few million quid for uh, Bravo Papa Foxtrot mm-hmm. to be the one that we cash in? <laughs> Fuck yes! Are we going? No one's going to give us money. <laughs> of course, they would. Have you, you seen him play? Yeah. I think this is what's also absurd about his position. He said, I've got to, I've got to be playing or I'll have to be somewhere else. And he's talking about them not open, talking about open discussions on his contract and not doing anything. He's just not put the performances in that I think just for that. He was going to be has dropped. He got, has he got a year left? Sorry. You a year, contract. I don't know, but he was going to be dropped for Jamal Blackman. And then he, he was, broke his legs. And then he was dropped for Kiko Garcia. And then when he gets a game for Northern Ireland, I think the last time he played for Northern Ireland when he was out of our team, there was a mistake that cost a goal. Well, that might actually have been Stuart Dallas. But he's not really put in one of these top performances that he's talking about that Michael McGovern did that kind of justifies him talking this way. And I don't think there'll be a queue of clubs at this level. There might be League One clubs saying like, yeah, we'll have him on on loan because he's got some championship experience. But there's a part of this interview that's, Absolutely fine where he says, you know, I've played 40 games in the championship. I'm established at number one as Northern Ireland. I've got to be happy with how things have gone. And he kind of wants to say, yeah, be happy. Like, that's good. Don't then start going on. But if I'm not taking over from uh, fucking, I'm going to, I want to say Van der Sar. Who's Man United's goalkeeper? De Gea. If I'm not taking over from De Gea this summer, why didn't I take over from Van der Sar when they told him when I was 10? (laughs) That is where it, it feels like he's sort of started to lose his uh, his grip on reality. And he's saying all this. If you've seen the, the video, he's wearing glasses. Quite a lot of hate for him, haven't you? No. Only when he sits there with his specs on, saying... Uh, if you bumped into him in real life, I'm sure you'd tell him all this, wouldn't you? <laughs> so we've, what we've found out is you hate young keepers, you hate the Northern Irish, and you no, hate people who wear glasses. I think uh, Camille... And, Mears- you're a, and you're a communist. Camille Mirzic is uh, a fantastic young keeper. 
and uh, probably should be, we'll probably end up being our number one next season because we've blown all our transfer budget on 14 wingers and then Bailey Peacock's Farrell's going to follow Kiko Kassir out the door and it'll be either Pontus Janssen in goal or a child. So we'll go with the child. But Mia's is actually, I think he's older than BPF and might be better. I don't know. Give him a shot. We gave Bailey Peacock Farrell a shot. Cool. Only because Felix Fiedveld had a breakdown. It seems like Bailey Peacock Farrell's having some kind of mental storm about his potential. Look, I'm not looking in the mirror like Clark Kent. If I just take these glasses off, I'm, a, I'm Superman. Have you done any video research about our other young keepers? Because you should. Like I say, Kimmel Mirzic, she's like uh, saving penalties in the penalty shootout to win the uh, development league. Should be our number one. <laughs> <laughs> and Will Huffer's got a funny name. Not as funny as Harrison Mail. So I think we're well stocked with either amusing or keepers that I've seen once and looked all right to not have to worry about what Bailey Peacock Farrell does. Don't know why they bother with scouting. <laughs> seen someone save a penalty and I've seen some names. Yeah, he's great. Ten year contract. Get him in. Number one shirt. Worked for J. Roy Grot. Well, we've got another podcast that goes along with this one. It's called The Extra Ball. In this week's edition of The Extra Ball, we're going to be chatting about merch because the new um, centenary line has come out and it's some interesting stuff. Probably the fairest, mm. fairest description. And in amongst all that, we'll be tackling stuff like this. I have no idea if this is special club merchandise, but a friend of mine owned this sort of grotesque latex Tony Yeboa mask. And uh, my abiding memory of the mask was the time he put it onto his dog, who's this big Airedale terrier. So if you'd like to support us here on this podcast, if you don't mind and you can spare a few quid a month, two ninety nine a month it is, your first month's free, uh, subscribe to The Extra Ball and it will help us do loads more podcasting. We are just putting plans in place for the stuff that we're going to do for this next season. Uh, which we'll be looking forward to sharing with you pretty soon. But if you want details on the extra ball, have a look at the squareball.net forward slash the extra ball. Lads, I don't mean to start off on a on a bit of a downer in this section, but, you know, Sean Harvey's gone now. From this earth? We've entered a new era, not from this earth. No, well, I mean, I don't know if he ever was from this earth, was he? To bigger and better things, I would imagine, for Sean. He, he fails upwards, doesn't he? Well, he started in the depths of the sea, as far as I can tell, with his fishy face and his <laughs> scaly tail. <laughs> I assume he's got a scaly tail. Ask his wife. Poor woman. It wouldn't entirely surprise you to see him wind up at the FA, would it? At, at all. Well, that was the rumour started on uh, our podcast last week. Not by us. We were just passing on news. Well, not news, just lies. Oh, we did give you the number, didn't we? 07899 If you do want to text us a rumour, true or otherwise, that we could get out there. We did, um, we got one this week as well. Obviously, we can't name the source. Because it's Bananarama. Yeah. And it was something concerning, I think it was gerbils, a pet shop and Frank Lampard was mm-hmm. the sort of general thrust. A carrier bag of gerbils. I believe that that is the collective noun. <laughs> yeah. A little throwback to Richard Gear tales, I believe. Kids won't remember those days. You can mm. still find that on the internet though, on the uh, on the internet websites. It does say in the in the tip that sent to us that we may be drifting into libel law in relation to the part about him wearing knickers. Um, so that's that's one of the reasons why we're not reading reading that out in full. Back to matters at hand, though. He's gone as Sean Harvey. He has been replaced by Debbie Jevons, who sounds like an 80s pop star with that name. <laughs> She's actually in charge of replacing him. She is acting executive chair. I think she'll stay as executive chair, but she will be helping them find a CEO. Basically, they've all gone to Portugal and they've all sat around the laugh. Oh, we forgot about, yeah, Sean's gone, hasn't he? We better stop partying at some point. And yeah, yeah, it was in Portugal. It's worth mentioning that, isn't it? While they've been 
talking probably about Bolton staff having to eat from food banks and things. Do you think they've actually been talking about Bolton no. staff eating from food banks? No, they've been fucking slapping Ken Anderson on the back. It's a good job, fella, but you can carry on. While shoveling lobster down. Perry, Perry, lobster. Perry, Perry. This is from Portugal. It is, I suppose. I think if it's been from Leeds now, it's just because everyone goes to Nando's, footballers, a cheeky one. But they've already started um, thrashing out the rules and regs, haven't they? Cramping our style, those swines. Only uh, for 72 hours before a match, spying or observing, directly or indirectly, or attempting to indirectly or directly observe another club's training session in the period of 72 hours prior to any match scheduled to be played between those respective clubs is now banned. I don't know what the uh, the actual penalty is for breaking that rule. I don't know well, if they've announced that. £200,000 fine, isn't it? We know that. Also, nobody... That's fact. That's established precedent now. Nobody's going to do it now, are they? Either. Well, I've got an idea. I just had an idea, right? Okay, so, you know, we're getting our training remotely filmed. Mm-hmm. Imagine if Bielsa then sends the link for that, let's say, to Frank Lampard <laughs> at Frank Lampard's Derby County in an email. Click here, you need to see this. Something about gerbils or something. Cute gerbils. He clicks that link, and then he's observed our training indirectly, because he's watching the video of us training... £200,000 fine points deduction, I'd say. That's genius. Did that work? It's worth trying, isn't it? It said indirectly. I quite like the idea as well that we could buddy up with another another club and to spy. You know how they, to sort of get around data laws, the Americans spy on the British and the British spy on the Americans then share the data back and that sort of mm. thing. So they can technically be like, mm, we're not really, we're not really breaking any rules. That's, that's a foreign power doing the spying. Team up with like Barnsley next year. So if we're playing Derby, Barnsley are down there watching it and then when they get caught, they'll be like, not playing Derby for another three months. Perfectly fine to be here. Just having a stroll through the mm. countryside. Just, just get a team from another division to do it. Do the Dean Saunders route and just get a couple of lads with a laptop, giving all the information to... I thought you were going to say something else then, but I've just realised you weren't because we can't comment on that. Giving all the information to Emily Moore FC, for example, and then they just happen to leave it a USB stick in a hedge somewhere. I suppose that might be indirectly observing, mightn't it? Oh, there's got to be ways around this. Can't remember who it was that said it, but where there is a will, there is a way. Another thing that's been uh, interesting in the news is the implementation in the EFL of the Rooney rule, which for the benefit of anybody who's not familiar with what that is, can you just give us a quick explanation? Yes, it's a new policy that when clubs are searching for a new first team manager, they must interview at least one black, Asian or minority ethnic candidate for the job um, because they're not is Mm. the problem. And the only way to sort of convince them to do it is to force them. Potential black managerial candidates have been asking for this for at least five years is how long some of this goes back. And I think the feeling from that side is that there's been no progress. The statistics on how many black or ethnic minority managers there are in the Football League has barely changed, whereas there's uh, four out of 72 and that the only way to move it forward is to do something like this that was working in the NFL because clubs are just not interviewing everybody that they should be or that is available to me. The easiest way of describing it is to talk about what uh, is how Brian Dean explained it to me when I interviewed him for the Square Ball Summer Special last year. No longer on sale, so it's not a plug. I think we sold out. And he's been talking about this on Twitter over the weekend because it was obviously a lot of pushback because it is a, a controversial subject. People saying that it's positive discrimination, a good thing. Well, it's why we, it's going to be a tick box exercise. We all discriminate against white managers. Why are we giving preference to one group over another? As he explained it to me was, um, he wanted to be a manager and he has a, a playing career 
that stands up next to pretty much anybody's really. All four divisions started at the bottom, played his way all the way to the top, played Premier League for years, went to Benfica, played in the Champions League for Benfica, played until he was 36, hundreds of appearances, loads of goals. So that stands him in good stead. Went and got his uh, coaching qualifications and then to get experience, he went to Norway and he took over Sarpsborg, who were uh, they just got promoted into the top league, but everybody thought they were going to be relegated. Absolute miracle, kept them up. Beat Mould, who were being managed by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at the time. Beat them 1-0, I think. Fantastic result that, that contributes to keeping them in the division. Next season, rolled it on again. He was Him and uh, Ian Birchnall were in charge of basically professionalising this club. Kept it in the division, did brilliantly. Right, time to come back to England. Came back to England, said, I'm available for work. Started applying for jobs at English clubs to be manager. Two years he spent trying to get a job, couldn't get an interview anywhere. And you think his track record, and it's been interesting watching people talking about it on Twitter because a lot of people say to him, oh, you've got to go and get experience. It's like, yeah, when I got experience in Norway. Oh, well, Norway's not high enough level. It's like, well, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, that's stood him in good stead. And, and trying to get in at a high enough level obviously hasn't worked. So where where do you get in? Where, do you have to go up in like minute increments? Do you have to go to a slightly better team in Norway? You've got to put it in. It's like I don't know how much more of a career he had to have to be worth. If you're, imagine a League Two chairman looking through the CVs of candidates and that record comes on without the name on, got to be worth at least getting them in, sitting them down, saying, what would you do with our club? But he, he, as he described it, whenever he, he tried to speak to a club about being their manager, he said it was like somebody had farted in the room and left. That's the reaction he was getting. And it came to the point where he could only draw one conclusion. He said, this is because of the colour of my skin. And he became so disheartened and bitter about it. I'm speak, kind of speaking on his behalf a little bit here, but from what I was hearing him say, he sounded bitter about it in a way that he didn't want to be because he's a, he's a really nice guy and that's not how he wants to be. So he just gave up. Mm. And that's the other thing that a lot of people were, have been saying about this to him on Twitter again, saying, well, black ex-players don't want to be managers. And he's like, yeah, I don't want to be. He does not want to be a manager now because he, he went and worked as one for two years, came back to this country, tried for another two years and got absolutely nowhere, doors slammed in his face. So he also didn't think this, this rule would solve the problem. That's surprising because you're not going to solve racial bias with one rule change. Like, that's not possible. And he also doesn't want, and I don't think any, I'll generalise now because I don't want to be speaking like I am not the voice of Brian Dean. I was also going to say, we're mindful that we're three white blokes sat here talking about the issue of racism and, it, you know, we, don't, we want to give it the due weight and respect that it deserves. Yeah, so trying to uh, represent what I've been hearing and what I've been hearing people say about it. No black manager wants to be given a job. It's not that they don't want to just handed it because of the colour of their skin or who they are. What they want is a chance to sit down and explain to somebody who is hiring a manager what they could do, because that's the chance that they're not getting. They're not getting into the room where these decisions are being made. And a lot of people are saying it's got to be club chairman will just employ the best person for the job because uh, they're that desperate to do well. And they will, they'll employ the best person for the job. The issue is they're not talking to everybody who could be the best person for the job. And for some reason, and I don't think it's probably as explicit as every football league chairman is out and out racist, there's just some reason why those CVs are not getting black managers or potential managers into the room whereas the same CV is getting a white manager into the room. And so at some point, you just got to say, how do we just make a change to this? And it might be a box-ticking exercise at first for a lot of people. So they'll just, because they have a fixed idea, it's, oh, we're just going to, we've got to give it the job to Steve Evans anyway. 
Well, the idea is if you've actually been in there, you've been able to present your ideas, your thoughts, what you think you can do to a club. A year down the line, when Steve Evans has disappeared and they're in relegation trouble, they might just go, well, you know what? That, the guy that we had to speak to last year that we kind of, we thought was going to be born, he was actually really good. Should we invite him back for another interview? And that's the, the opportunity that we want is to be able to just get in the room, present the ideas and not just be locked out. And it's a, a change that is worth trying in that respect because fuck all else is really changing. Yeah, and my thoughts on it are kind of, do you know what, are these people who are objecting to it on whatever basis it might be, does it affect you personally? No, it's it's fine. It's not going to affect you on any level whatsoever. It's just an extra thing that clubs have to do that might make things a bit better for everyone. And talking about like future managers and whatnot, Carlos Corberon, did you, do you shuffle slightly uncomfortably when you saw this about... Uh, our, our, is it our sister club, Cultural Leonese, uh, sniffing round as a, as a... Kissing Cousins. They've developed our players so beautifully. Kissing Cousins just made me think of Huddersfield then. <laughs> if your cousin's a dog. Um, yes, they, I mean, the, the ultimate generosity was uh, developing our players and getting relegated in the process. I thought that was very, very good of them. But um, yeah, Carlos Corbran linked to Cultural Leonese in the Spanish third tier. With respect to Carlos Corbran... And the fact that he's done a great job. Surely he's not irreplaceable. No one really has a clue what he's like. He's done well at, at the job he's had, but he's also, under Bielsa, he's part of a massive structure. So I, I want him to stay. But, you know, people people were desperate for, you know, Pep Clotet to stay, weren't they? And he left and didn't really make any difference. There is a weird element to this, which is that he's been recommended to cultural leanings by a, Ivan Bravo, who is on our board He's our board member and he is also vice president of Cultural Leonisa because they are owned by the Aspire Academy in Qatar, of which Ivan Bravo is also the director general. Already we're benefiting from the link up. Because our board member is recommending that our under-23s coach goes and manages in for one of his other clubs, which would be fine if it wasn't for the other, the sources uh, close to the club who were telling the Yorkshire Evening Post that Coburn is... Um, highly regarded and has a growing reputation and all concerned at Leeds would like Carlos to stay apart from one board member who wants him to go and manage his other club. And um, this week it's been reported that Ivan Bravo might no longer be part of Cultural Leonese anyway because he's buying Alcoron, I believe they're called. Alcorcon. Yeah. Alcorcon. Yeah. I was close. It's difficult. I'm struggling enough saying Kemar Roof. Alcorcon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry to so the entire continent of uh, the Iberian Peninsula. <laughs> <laughs> the where? Uh, the Iberian pie shop. To, <laughs> it's really good. The Iberian Peninsula yep. as a whole. But yes, Ivan Bravo is supposed to be taking over another club in the division above, so he won't even be involved with cultural leanings anymore because he's not allowed to be, apart from the fact that he runs Aspire Academy that owns it. And it's just all this tangled web where you think, couldn't you just leave our under-23s manager alone? Because I don't know about you, but keeping our under-23s manager suggests that things will be better for us if that were to happen. Consistency. And our board would want that to happen. Stability. I'd keep him. Everyone would keep him. Didn't as well? It's not exactly a great opportunity, is it? It's not like he's being offered, you know, the Huddersfield job, <laughs> for example. The uh, the other bit of managerial news over the last week is that um, Banquelos, Thomas Christensen's former assistant coach, has just taken over a club in the Indonesian Premier League. They're reigning champions, in fact. So there you go. That's good, isn't it? 
Is that over on the Asian peninsula kind of? That's some kind of peninsula, I don't know. Um, is Indonesia not an archipelago though? I can't remember. I mean, I just pronounced Banquelos possibly perfectly. I mean, I can't remember what he was called, so you could have just made that up. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. On to heroes and villains now, an acknowledgement of the people who have enriched or made our lives even worse, even worse as Leeds fans. We start with the Ken Bates Villainy Awards and... Uh, it's named in his honour because he caused us plenty of misery across the years, didn't he, did Kenneth? We start off with a nomination for Ken. We, do we have anything this time? And if so, what is it? Well, we, we've had something, but we, we can't tell you what it is. <laughs> it's classified. That, that WhatsApp tip line is running hot. There was a video and some pictures, and frankly, I've had to have a week off, off work <laughs> since seeing them, so it's pretty bad. Is that why he's nominated? Because you had to take a week off work's ill. Correct. Yeah, so nominated for uh, for making Michael sick. But well, there is actually something, isn't there, that we have to keep a lid on <laughs> because we can't say it. I don't want to upset Michael by reminding him about it. I think there's uh, PTSD. <laughs> Maybe in the future. Maybe in the future we, we'll, we'll feel comfortable. Let's just file it now as the unspoken thing. Mm-hmm. The unspoken thing for Ken. So you can have a nomination for the unspoken Which, thing. given the things about him that are spoken about, <laughs> must be pretty fucking bad. <laughs> Should we speak about uh, Barry Douglas's unspeakable fashion sense? <laughs> Yeah, we got a lot of response to this. We've got, I think it was over 550 responses I, I saw at last count to uh, Barry Douglas's Stick of Rock style outfit. Including one from Barry Douglas. Yeah. Who, man's Got Style was his opinion on his... Um, if anyone's not seen it, I mean, it's a two-piece short and shirt set with an, with an identical pattern across both, mm. which is a kind of stripy pink, white... I don't know if you've realised, mm. it looks like a Stick of Rock or a deck chair. I've been... Um, because we've basically given away that we're relying on Wikipedia for a lot of this in the close season. Now I'm scrolling through the names of colours pages on Wikipedia, trying to get down to it. Do you think it was Glaucus? Uh, Gold Fusion? 
Granny Smith apple. Is Glock, that in there? Glock sounds like an eye disease, doesn't it? It's, 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 the closest thing is... Is there a bit of Harlequin? It's like a salmon pink. I don't know if you realise this, he's actually wearing salmon pink shoes. Lavender? He is. Yes, and I did notice that. There are various shades of lavender. Lavender floral, lavender web, lavender blue, lavender I, blush. I mean, let's... I think lavender blush actually looks like, <laughs> for the lighter, the lighter fair, there's no lemon glacier in there. Let's um, be frank about this. This is a man who's been dressed by his, uh, by his girlfriend slash wife, isn't it? I'm not sure about that, because he always sure dresses either. like this. Yeah, he's he's got previous, hasn't he? He was on the pitch after the he's, playoff defeat in some sort of matching knitted he, beige thing. He's young enough and naive enough for that to be the case. I think, do you think the dominant colour is misty rose? <laughs> I think it might either misty rose or mode beige. <laughs> There's a hint of Mountbatten pink. I, I think it's actually all of the above. These are all proper colours. I'm going into the N to Z section to see if there's any more clues. Do you think it's Nadishiko pink? Speaking of um, Wikipedia, I did have a look on Barry's Wikipedia and it tells me he's from Glasgow. Could you imagine him going out in Glasgow, even in summertime with those pastel shades and if it, if it gets warm enough up there, going out dressed like that? He's clearly enjoying the freedom afforded to him by uh, having left Glasgow. I think there may be a, a hint of piggy pink, which is... Uh, FDDDE6 is the hexadecimal code if anyone wants to try and recreate what he's wearing on their computer. A bit of puce, some elements of puce in there. Let's move on. There is you, a, you are just listing colours now. Well, do you want to know that there's a colour just called rhythm? That's exciting, isn't it? I'm sure he's got something in the, uh, maybe matches that with some Robin Egg blue pants. <laughs> is he getting a nomination for his dress sense? But mind you, he, he, was, he was good enough to laugh about it when we... Uh, We've called him for it. That uh, might just about save him from winning the award, but uh, you don't go uh, poncing about in Star Command blue clothing and uh, and not get away with it. Who else do we want to nominate? Uh, Steve Evans for, um, well, clearly a man who is himself not in any fit shape, so didn't want Paul Robinson, our former goalkeeper, presumably, as opposed to the uh, the fat left back we once had, didn't want to um, let him, him train with us uh, in 2015. Um, he just flatly said, it's not the sort of thing we do here. Yes, we're not nice to our former players. It probably fits in with Massimo Gellino's uh, general running of the club. We weren't being good. That was when, um, uh, before that, when they first swanned in, when Cellino's kids were saying on Twitter that the the legends, these Eddie Grays, these Don Matios, all they do is take wages we could give players. They know legends. And uh, I do wonder if there was a, an element that Steve Holmes just thought the whole state of Thorpe Arch was fucking embarrassing at the time. I noticed with the uh, you think he gets embarrassed at the state of anything though? Oh, that's a good point. But Bielsa's new contract is for the summer means we're finally recommissioning the pool that Massimo Cellino closed down. So if you imagine, yeah, actually, Paul, you could, but it kind of stinks here. Don't dive in without looking. And also all the players will steal your socks because we've stopped buying socks for them. <laughs> I'd also like to nominate the England football team. Not directly really made us sad, but for trying to play football like Bielsa, just not as well. Being completely incapable of passing out from the back in a way that we can. And Declan Rice has been talking about for like £50 million moves. We've got Cowan Phillips, who is better from what I've seen of him. He would have made himself available and received the ball on the half turn and distributed it well and looked very charming and smiley and happy and nice. Next time, maybe. He'll be in that squad too. He'll be in that squad. We'll make sure of it. Once he's had his Premier League transfer. Stop it. Do we have any other nominations? Obviously, it's very slim pickings across the, the summer. Do we want to pick someone or is there any BLs or should we just, uh, please, can we move on? <laughs> I mean, Steve Evans is always deserving, isn't he, of, of an award for villainy? Could we do some kind of combination? Because I'm now imagining Steve Evans wearing what Barry Douglas is wearing. <laughs> and I, I feel 
faint, like I need some smelling salts and I may never recover from this thought. When you say what he's wearing, do you mean the exact same thing or a larger version of? Because imagine Steve Evans wearing that exact thing. Buttoned. Horrifying prospect of him not being able to close it around the front. Buttoned to where Barry Douglas has it buttoned. And a hot pant. You probably wouldn't even be able to see it around the front. It would it would barely cover his back, I would suggest. the Because uh, he's a very thin man, he's Barry Douglas. Oh God, Steve Evans in hot band. <laughs> so there you go. I think that's your, uh, is it a combination, Steve Evans and Barry Douglas, for our imaginary <laughs> scenario where they're dressing each other? Yes, okay. for, for causing us to have that thought. Congratulations, gentlemen, you can share that award and fight over it next time you meet. Uh, on to the Andy Hughes Hero Award. Who would we like to nominate for this? This is somebody who's brought a smile to our faces this week. Andy Hughes is obviously, he's in line for the first time, I think. Have we given him his own award yet? I um, don't think so, actually. He can be nominated for it now that now that he knows about it and uh, and he described it as uh, tickling him, which um, I'm sure tickling Andy Hughes is probably <laughs> a fine way to spend a day. Um, <laughs> With consent, obviously. <laughs> absolutely. So, yeah, so... Andy Hughes Hero Award. Andy Hughes. I, I want to nominate um, David Robertson. Did you see the documentary on, on BBC? Because I really, really, really hated him when he played for us. And I watched this documentary and I found him quite lovable and eccentric and very, very sweary. He's managing um, Real Kashmir FC. What is that what they call? Oh, he was the one that we referenced some time ago, wasn't it? On one of the podcasts about a, a manager, an ex-player who was abroad somewhere. In a, he, he was in, in a war America. Zone, war zone, wasn't it? Possibly. He was in America and then he took this job in, yeah, basically quite a militarised place where there's about 500 people have been killed. And they spoke to his wife and she was like, he doesn't need to do this. He's got a, he's got a good pension. We've got a lovely house here. It's, his wife's on the balcony of this house overlooking like some golf courses and lakes and stuff. It looks lovely. And he then he shows him in his flat where he's got a hose instead of toilet paper and <laughs> a kitchen sink that sort of drains to a hole in the floor. It just looks like absolute madness. And he's walking around with the thickest Scottish accent <laughs> trying to barter with people who clearly have not got a clue what he's saying. And just everything is fucking, fucking, it, it, you're fucking clown, you're fucking what? It's great. I would watch it. it. It'll make you warm to him. And, Do you think um, it's the same as how things were for him when he was in Leeds, that he didn't have any toilet paper, he didn't use a hose? Because the culture difference from Glasgow to, to Leeds, first of all, we've seen how Barry Douglas is struggling with the, to adapt. Maybe the sanitary situation in the, the part of the world where he's currently managing is superb, second to none, the cleanest porcelain facilities you can imagine. But he's imported this idea, he's like, nah, that fucking hose me down. Very much the problem that uh, <laughs> his wife saying he doesn't have to be that shit at left back for Leeds. He he was quite good at Rangers because you, you just growled in a Scottish accent, and I've got fresh memories of Steve Evans. And you said the words "hose me down." You know what's going on in my mind now, don't you? Instead of toilet paper, Dan, remember that detail. Hosing down yeah. Steve Evans as he peels off Aye. his hot pants. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Fashion chaps on the way home. <laughs> uh, get a horse, wife. McDonald's chaser. Um, I want to nominate Rachel Daly of the England women's football team at the World Cup because she's massive leads, isn't she? Diehard fans, her family. Season ticket at Ellen Road for all that. You know, it's it's nice to have one of our own on the world stage. There are a few ex-leads knocking about the uh, the World Cup squad and um, the England World Cup squad at, at least. And as, as a plug, I didn't actually put this in summer special but we spoke to Emma Bentley about how Leeds United ladies did this season she kind of name dropped a couple that she uh, she played at Sunderland as she put it when I was good with uh, Lucy Bronze for one they were teammates and um, half of the team really but Rachel Daly was uh, was a young player at Leeds 
just as the Women's Super League reorganisation was was going on, which Leeds uh, didn't enter a, a club into because I think at that time, Ken Bates was, uh, let's say, less than supportive of uh, of women's sport. And uh, in this, there's an interview with her about her career on these Football Times uh, website where she describes having to go to uh, Lincoln to continue her career. And she'd come from a family of diehard Leeds fans and had, uh, had a season ticket as soon as she was old enough and then started playing for Leeds United Ladies, then had to go to Lincoln. And she said... Uh, if you're putting on the shirt of the club you've grown up supporting, it just adds a little bit more motivation. Even just saying to your mates, I play for Leeds, that sounded better. And so she is. Uh, she was on the bench for their opening game. Phil Neville's got any sense and stops being a Leeds-hating scum bastard, then he can put her into the team for the future once he can cheer her on. Good argument. Who's having it? Andy Hughes for being Andy Hughes? A tickled Andy Hughes? I mean, it's not uh, managing in a war zone, but... <laughs> It's definitely something. But he coached in Huddersfield. It's nearly the same thing. Very good point. Andy Hughes wins. I mean, it's been a bit threadbare, but I think we got there. We did all right. Hopefully that's not been too disappointing an experience for you as we plough across these summer weeks. Sorry um, about the Steve Evans stuff. Yeah. That'll stay with people. Yeah. Just be glad we didn't tell you about the Ken Bates stuff. It's all very haunting. Yeah, all very, very haunting. Um, thankfully, our summer special is far more sanitary than all that. That'll be out Soon, it's not a replacement for toilet paper. Soon, it's the, it'll be far. Too, it'll be heavyweight mats, I believe, and uh, you don't want to be using that. Better off with a hose. We'll bring you details of that as and when we have them. Links to that will be on the website, and that's where you will also find the extra ball. Please do support us if you fancy it. Uh, stable mate to this podcast, it gets behind what we're doing right here. If you fancy it, two ninety nine a month, first month free. Go check it out at thesquarebolt.net. We'll be back next week, hopefully with something to talk about. Some, we'll find something, won't we? Yeah. There'll be a massive scandal or something. We, we, don't, we don't stay quiet for long. And we'll speak to you then. Thanks for listening. The Square Ball Podcast. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. 